0: Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. We've talked about diabetes on the show, and there is an understanding in the community of the disease and its implications. Today, we delve deeper and look at ulcers and wound care with diabetes. Next on Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Weights on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. Joining me on the phone to give us a better understanding of wound care for ulcers in patients with diabetes and how doing it right decreases amputation rates significantly is Dr. Francis Wong, Consultant, Department of Orthopedic Surgery, Kang General Hospital. Doctor, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you very much for the invite. Good afternoon.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure. You're always invited. Um, what is a diabetic foot ulcer?
1: So, a diabetic foot ulcer, I mean, the ulcer is actually a skin defect over at the foot itself, um, i.e. The, the, the foot itself has lost the skin or even the surrounding tissues and the muscles And when you talk about diabetic foot ulcers, this happens in a patient with diabetes. So that's what a diabetic foot ulcer means. A patient with diabetes having an ulcer on the foot. Simple.
0: All right. But the thing is, do people or caregivers, family caregivers particularly, even understand that this is fairly common?
1: Yes. Uh, Actually, the interesting part about a diabetic foot ulcer is the patients themselves sometimes don't actually feel it um, because... How does a diabetic foot ulcer develop? That's the main question many patients ask me. So there are three main issues of patients with diabetes. And we all know diabetes is such a common condition in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Now, and a diabetic foot ulcer is actually a complication or the implication of long-term uncontrolled diabetes. So in patients with diabetes, number one, they have what we call an immunopathy. What does that mean? It means that they have a decreased immune resistance to infection. That means if a patient with diabetes gets an infection, he may need 14 to 16 days to heal, whereas a normal person may need about 7 to 10 days. The second issue about diabetic patients is what we call a neuropathy. Now, this is very interesting, and this affects the patients for diabetic foot ulcers. In the neuropathy, the patients with diabetes have nerve damage. So therefore, their feet can't really feel any pricks or pain. And the last thing is that patients have what we call vasculopathy, whereby they have poor blood supply to the feet, and therefore their wounds heal very slowly. Now, with the, tri- with the triad of these three factors, all right, the patients normally don't even feel it because they have nerve damage, isn't it? And sometimes, and they just thought, oh, i got a small cut and the, um, the base of my foot, it will heal, but it doesn't heal. And because of that, and it gets infected easily, uh, by the time they, the caregivers notice it, they actually come in with maybe fever or even finally some pain on the foot, but it's actually quite severe.
0: Right. And the problem, of course, is because they don't feel it, it it's, the caregivers don't know to necessarily look for it unless they are medical caregivers. So what causes the development of foot ulcers?
1: Yeah, so the development of foot loss, as I mentioned, it can be. It generally starts off, why uh, I said maybe a an injury to the foot.
0: A bruise. Um, would it, could a bruise cause it?
1: Actually, yes. Uh, a heavy bruise when which leaves uh, maybe a skin to be a bit, i say, a bit wet or a bit, a bit bruised off. Uh, normally, you will heal well, right? Mm. Uh, anybody who has a uh, the bruise may heal well, but generally, for patients with uh, poorly controlled diabetes. Uh, in, we call them the diabetic feet, they don't heal well and sometimes they actually go on to have a collection of parts at the foot and or a blood clot which gets infected and then therefore they get developed infection and then that develops an ulcer.
0: Alright, now for a diabetic patient, they've been warned about this. Caregivers are also warned about this. But maybe you want to tell us what are they looking for? What kind of symptoms, what kind of signs that it's not... Going away, that they have to come see the doctors, maybe, and get it treated.
1: Okay, so for caregivers, I think the most important thing we always tell our patients and the caregivers is to do what we call regular screening. Um, this has been taught uh, by, I mean, in the polyclinics or in the GP clinics, uh, we actually educate our patients. In Sankang General as well, we have a outstanding podiatric department that runs uh, regular screening for all our diabetic feed patients. And we teach the caregivers to screen their feet at least once a week to make sure that there are no cracks or there are no skin losses and if there are any ulcers to come to see us immediately as soon as they can. Um, So generally for caregivers is to really screen the feet almost on a weekly basis if they can uh, and to alert the medical professionals if an ulcer forms.
0: All right. Now, I'm starting to understand that if you are diabetic, these are some of the things that you really need to be looking out for. Yeah. Um, and having lived with a diabetic grandmother, I also know that diabetics can be quite stubborn. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Because I know my condition, I've lived with it for 20 years, right? Mm. So when do you as the caregiver, as particularly if you're a family caregiver, when do you step in and go, I don't care what you're saying, it is time for us to take you to the doctor? When is that point?
1: Well, that point uh, is when you start seeing, uh, for example, let's say there's ulcer, right? That point is when the ulcer develops a foul-smelling old odour, and that's what we call a purulent discharge coming from the ulcer. And also, uh, the area is all very red and very swollen. And if your grandmother says, look, it's starting to feel a bit painful and heavy, I think this is where, yeah, you have to tell her, no, I don't care, you're coming to the hospital because there's probably quite a bad infection of the ulcer and it has to be treated promptly because if not uh, well, she might lose her feet.
0: Shouldn't we get her in there earlier than that?
1: Of course. So, therefore, if, there, if that's the reason, right? So, if there's an ulcer already, a lot of patients are quite stubborn. Yeah, right. Uh, but we understand why because this is a – they don't feel the pain initially. Right. Uh, um, so, they just say, ah, it's okay. I, I, it's not painful. I, I I can just live with it. So, what we are trying to do here in Sengkang is we have to – we educate our patients that, look, if there's ulcer, okay, uh, you should come and see us uh, as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all – yeah, she may say maybe tomorrow. One day or two is fine but it should be seen promptly in a couple of days by a medical professional. So in Sankang General, we have a multidisciplinary team that includes an orthopedic surgeon like myself and my colleagues. We also have a plastic surgery team uh, and the podiatry team as well. Also, we have the intervention radiologist that helps to revascularize the feet and of course, uh, the ancillary care like our dieticians and our endocrinologists that help to manage the control of diabetes. What I'm trying to say is that uh, for patients who have an ulcer, they should come in, uh, I wouldn't say immediately, but at least uh, promptly to the hospital or at least to a medical professional that will then treat their uh, ulcer in a holistic fashion.
0: Okay. So, in other words, don't actually, although you're saying, yeah, by the time it gets to this point and, you know, it's starting to hurt and all that, definitely come in. But earlier is better.
1: Of course, exactly. <laughs> earlier the better. The smaller the ulcer, the easier to treat. And of course, if if it's too large and if it's infected, the the treatment will be very very different.
0: Sure, and I would assume the recovery period would be very different, and the outcome would be very different.
1: Exactly, and that is why we advocate preventive care, like as we mentioned. So the best is the best treatment for an ulcer is to avoid having one, isn't it? Right. So that is where the regular screenings are important. The good footwear as well is very important, and these can be uh, advised to uh to to the patients uh, by a multidisciplinary team, like uh, what we have here, uh, by our podiatrists, who actually prescribe what I call diabetic foot-friendly shoewear for our patients. Yeah. They're ugly, yeah, but they are safe. <laughs> um, the the thing is, sometimes well, they 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 are actually better. Uh, quality ones coming up or better aesthetically looking ones coming up as well. Uh, we understand the fact that, yeah, a lot of them will say that they are big and bulky, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they look like uh, McDo- Ronald McDonald's shoes, right? I mean, right. This is exactly, right? So that's what it is. Uh, but however, we, uh, so that has improved a lot. Uh, so actually, uh, we actually have much better-looking shoes that we have uh, in Sunkan as well uh, that we prescribe to patients now, uh, which they can do to work, and they can use it to ride their motorcycles and, uh, you know, drive their cars as well. Yeah.
0: All right, so this is part of preventive um, care. What else can we do? What are some of the ways that we can prevent the development of foot ulcers other than wearing McDonald's shoes? <laughs>
1: So the okay. So the first things first, right? Uh, I think we can't get away from diabetic control. Let's just be very clear. As I mentioned, the diabetic foot ulcer is a complication of long-standing uncontrolled diabetes. So the prevention number one is to keep the diabetic control good. Uh, and therefore, for all patients who have diabetes, we urge them to make sure they have their medication on point. They have their diabetic checks, their HbA1c or the glycated hemoglobin is in a well-controlled range. So that's number one, so to have that, right, to so have that. Number two is surveillance. So after a good diabetic control, the second thing is surveillance. So always, always check the feet on a regular basis and to be taught how to check for the check the feet for any cuts or any suspicious signs of impending ulcer. And of course, then number three is, of course, we talk about footwear, to so make sure that uh, when you are uh, going out and you're walking, the footwear is the correct one uh, and it is cushioned and it protects the feet from abnormal pressures. So, these are the three main things we will just tell patients on a very basic level. Yeah.
0: All right, now, how can these complications, such as um, amputations, occur? Yes, so
1: as I mentioned just now, right, in the same situation of your grandmother. If, let's say, that she really doesn't want to come to the hospital until it's all very bad, there's a lot of pus coming out, she's developing a fever, she's getting drowsy, this is the problem that we face most of the time because patients won't come in until, uh, you know, when it's quite bad, right? So in that case, uh, amputation may be inevitable. So the complications of amputations, um, like the complications such as amputations can be prevented if, for example, uh, the ulcers are treated early before they are severely infected and uh, the ulcers are actually uh, offloaded. When we call it offloading, means we use special shoes to let them heal and uh, the ulcers are being treated by a multidisciplinary team that makes sure that the wounds heal, the ulcer heal and we prevent the ulcer from coming back again.
0: Okay. Now, you know, the thing is, there are a lot of diabetics in Singapore. It is a pretty common condition that we deal with. Foot ulcers also can develop very easily in diabetics. How common at that point are amputations and how avoidable are they if um, our diabetic family members aren't so stubborn?
1: Yeah, so this, this is something that we always face. Uh, I mean, we have to, first of all, they are very common. I'll just put it blatantly that I think many uh, public hospitals will see these patients on a daily basis in the emergency department. And in the outpatient clinic, we are seeing at least 20 to 30 of them on a daily basis. So this is very, very common because this is linked to diabetes. And a large proportion uh, of our patients do have diabetes and more than 10%. Um, so it is common. So uh, no, no questions asked. Very, very common. Your next point about it is in terms of how do you convince these patients to come in? To be honest, it really is a journey for each of these patients. Um, what do I mean by that? Like for example, in many hospitals, uh, uh, patients may say that oh, you know, I, I'm seeing uh, doctor A. Then uh, after that, we move on to doctor B, and uh, no one really cares about my feet. Uh, it's a long journey. I do not want to follow. I do not want to follow this, uh, this, this this care plan anymore. And I'll lose my feet anyway. So many of them are either as you said, stubborn, uh, or. But generally, we understand where they come from. Uh, it's because it's such a long journey, and the outcome sometimes may not be good. So what we do here in Sengkang is that we actually follow them through uh, from from the hospital where they get admitted all the way to the clinic. We have the same team taking care of these patients and to give them guidance and to let them feel assured that, hey, it's the same doctor. Dr Francis is here, you know, uh, he's following me through from the start of my wound, of my ulcer, to the healing uh, with his team. And generally, patients will buy into into that that form of treatment. So i.e. a constant team that follows the patient from the start to the end of the
0: journey. Yeah. Dr. Francis, here, to nag at me again is really what they're thinking. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are the surgical options then for foot ulcers? When is surgery the only option, really? Actually, no.
1: Um, for foot ulcers, as, as I think they are, treatment can be divided into... I'll say non-surgical and surgical. Mm-hmm. So for non-surgical, we actually have dressings, uh, specified dressings. In some we are very uh, proactive in using innovative dressings. They can help to remove slough and to remove dirt and pus. Uh, this one, and offloading, that means we have special shoe wear that, yes, in the short term, may look a bit like a Ronald McDonald shoe, uh, but it helps to offload the ulcer. That means you don't put weight on that ulcer, and therefore it, heals better. We also use, of course, uh, treatment like antibiotic creams or even oral antibiotics to help prevent in- any infection that comes along. Of course, when the ulcers are bad enough, uh, where it gets infected or is too big, yes, surgical options will include a washout, a surgical washout of the wound. And in Sengkang, we actually, as I mentioned, we have a multidisciplinary team. If the ulcer is uh, big, too big to heal by itself, we have our plastic surgeons on uh, with us that sees our patients uh, three times a week um, to decide on whether there's a way to close the wound using a, with the plastic surgery methods as well, such as uh, closure uh, by using a, a flap surgery or even a graft surgery. So generally, our game plan in Sengkang is quite simple. We see the ulcer. If there's a need for surgery, we treat it fast and we close the wound or close the ulcer as fast as we can to prevent any infection. All right. And then offload off upload that, yeah.
0: I was wondering, how often does surgery become the the only option left?
1: Well, actually, for it depends on the patients, to be honest. But most of the time, what we see... Uh, if, if patients come to us early, right? If patients come to us early, an ulcer that just formed and um, they're looking for medical professional help, most of the time we can actually uh, do away with surgery
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with the offloading and the dressings. However, if they come in late where it becomes infected, so when the ulcer becomes an infected ulcer or a very badly infected ulcer where you know there's it's tracking upwards to the rest of the foot. Now then that will be the only surgery option. Th- that means the only option left then will be surgery. Right. To so surgically remove the, the, the infected areas.
0: And would it be right to say that surgery is something even you as, as the medical professional don't want to have to recommend?
1: Exactly. We we to us it's very simple. As surgeons, we are not we are not gunslinging, you know, with <laughs> knives, you know, chopping around <laughs> things. We are we are more like the uh, we are more like the, uh, the 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 samurai, right? The the, the knife stays with us until we have no option but to pull out the sword, isn't it? So it's always the last option. So we always tell our patients, please, please, you know, yeah, I have to nag at them if they need be, but I, I, I'm doing it for their good, I hope, uh, to to take care of their feet, to, to check regularly before I really have to put a knife into the wound itself. Yeah. All
0: right. I'm understanding where you're coming from, and I think your patients do as well. And I, you know, what I say with the uh, stubbornness of the average patient—that's also very understandable. Diabetes is something they could potentially live with from the time they're diagnosed with it for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, um, a, a lot of patients with diabetes, right? Uh, you know, they. This is a is, is a lifelong journey. Mm. Um, ulcers are a lifelong journey, and uh, and many of them do tell me that. Look, you know, even if I heal this ulcer. You know what the chances I'll get another ulcer is very high, you know, it, it, it's never ending. You know, the, 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 we, we, we hear those concerns, right? And therefore, what we, we want to do differently, at least in our hospital, is to change their lifestyle um, to make sure that uh, whatever they do would highly prevent them from having another ulcer. So, a lot of our patients that we have generally, once we save them from losing their feet, they actually um, change their lifestyle. They say, okay, great. You know, I, I went through this. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm lucky that I saved my foot. Uh, this ulcer was terrible. And they, they, they control their diet. You know, they lose weight. They eat well, you know, and they move on in life well. And they get a job well done. And, and generally, what, that's what we hope to do. Uh, we are seeing it here and we hope to uh, improve more lives by giving them a holistic treatment for their diabetic foot ulcer.
0: Right. All right. I'm understanding where you're coming from. Yeah. And it's been a very enjoyable conversation despite the, t- the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> We've been speaking with Dr. Francis Wong, consultant, Department of Orthopaedic Surgery, Sengkang General Hospital. I'd like to thank you for the information and the insight, doctor.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for
0: inviting me. Thank you. I'm Teresa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. You are with Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio
0: app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.